0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special edition of Call Talk. First off, this show was originally recorded live at our Call Center Campus event back in October of 2011. And from that, I narrowed it down into three segments that really capture the spirit of the event. The first segment delves into the challenges of customer satisfaction with some fascinating lessons from Plato Learning based in Minneapolis, Minnesota. The second segment focuses on how to turn around agent satisfaction with case study insights from Blue Cross Blue Shield of Florida. And the third segment is our 20 ideas in 20 minutes exercise, which gives you some great best practice tips from the call center managers who participated in our call center campus. So there's a lot coming your way. Let's get to the show. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us for Call Talk this October 12, 2011, where we're broadcasting live from the New York, New York Hotel and Casino here in Las Vegas. I'm Brian Carrington, and I'm real excited that you're joining us as this marks a special event for Benchmark Portal Call Center Campus. As an extension of our College of Call Center Excellence, for the last couple days, we've held courses in quality assurance, workforce management, and manager certification. But to round it all off tonight, we have an executive roundtable and networking night where we hope to share some best practices from around the country with you, our listeners at Call Talk. So, as you can tell, it's a little bit noisy down here, so let's head upstairs. Where joining us in the conference room is Bruce Belfiore with some of our guest speakers.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Call Talk. We're Recording live today from Call Center Campus in Las Vegas, Nevada on uh, Thursday, October 12th. And with me is Matt Conant, who is from Plato Learning and who gave a inspirational talk today about uh, his center's journey through some very interesting times, Matt. Uh, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. One of the things, Matt, that really struck me was that uh, you had this sort of dissonance between what the people in the center thought they were doing and how it was perceived by your customer group. The customers were dissatisfied, but when you looked at the folks inside the center, they seemed well-intentioned and they seemed like they felt they were doing the right thing. And so you kind of had to sort that out, first of all, and find out why that was the case because, you know, you had one thing on one hand and then a totally different thing that you were experiencing on the other hand. Yes. How, how did you for, sort of sort through that?
2: Well, you know, I, I had a good perspective of um, not being part of the call center when I came into the organization. So seeing the customer's feedback and, and perceptions from that side firsthand, so knowing that it wasn't just hearsay or just feedback from someone, I saw it real firsthand. And so when I got to the call center and saw the behaviors of the call center and being managed like a call center, that was a, a surprising to me. As, as it was um, to, as part of the process, just knowing that the agents themselves were really dedicated in what they were doing and really thought they were doing all the right things. The management team thought they were measuring all the right aspects. So seeing that, it, it was a, a quandrum, like why is this not happening? So spent mm-hmm. a lot of time understanding why that behavior was. And part of it was our change in our, our business model was changing and that was part of that change so how we got to it was um, listening to agents and the customers. So really going a layer below and say, why are we, what are we doing that's not effective to our customers? And I spent a lot of time with the agents themselves, listening to them and hearing their feedback and what are what was working on their measurements for them how they felt maybe that the measurements weren't effective in helping the customers. So mm-hmm. the agents themselves had some of the answers. Mm-hmm. And of course our customers had the answers as well. They, just, they were easily willing to give us feedback on how we could improve. Mm-hmm. Um, so taking those two combinations and deciding that we really needed, needed to focus on changing the call behavior itself. And it sounds really simple um, mm-hmm. once you start back and look backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, but made little, simple changes like when you're introducing yourself on the call, asking them what their issue was before you ask them who they were and what um, company they were from. Right. And little changes like that changed the behaviors of the customer because it felt like we were really concerned, and, and we, were, we were concerned about what their issues were. Mm-hmm. Um, and changing that call process behavior became the, the change that we really need to make.
1: One of the things that you said that really struck me, and uh, it was the side-by-sides. In other words, sitting with the agents and listening to the calls made such a big difference. In other words, you learned from that. And I know that when I go into a center, the first thing I like to do is to listen to calls even before talking to management, if possible, because then you have a much better idea of what the call center is all about. Yeah. And so by listening and actually seeing where the problems were in Process procedures, you know, the way you had trained people. Yes. Right. This the is voice. what this yeah. is the voice. This is what uh, what came out. Okay. Yeah. huh.
2: Yeah. So yeah. finding the voice um, of the agent wasn't aligning to the expectation of the customer, and mm-hmm. how how we spoke to the customer needed to change. And and it wasn't that the agents um, didn't want to do that. They mm-hmm. just didn't know how to do it. And the expectations that were trained to them earlier were different than what we were trying to accomplish. And yeah and we talk about sitting down at, a, at an agent's desk. Um, even that in the beginning, it was foreign to them, and it made them nervous that I was sitting next to them and listening <laughs> to their calls and and, and that, that in itself was sort of surprising. like how do you not have someone have that experience? and so, you know, from three years ago, where they were nervous to today, where I'm having CFO and a CEO sitting next to an agent. And they're completely comfortable with that and proud of the fact that they can have others sit next to them mm. and listen to what they do is a complete change in behavior and, and, and um, acceptance mm. of what they do on a daily basis. And, and that's part of that whole change is what we do really does make a difference and I'm, I'm willing to share that with you. Um, with a transformation for the agents. Wow.
1: And not only is it important, but it's so important that the CFO and the CEO are willing to sit down and do it. So they become part of the process. And it also shows the agent that they are, and, and it's true, right? They are the voice of the company yes. while they're talking to the customers. not the CFO. It's not the CEO. They can be as good as they can be. but. Yes. If you don't have good uh, relationship that's being built at the actual caller level, it doesn't mean anything.
2: And, and I can say I'm very fortunate in that regards because the you know the people that I report to, um, my VP and CA, CEO, um, were supportive of all these changes. They knew they made, needed need to make those changes in the mm-hmm. investment, and that helped. Um, so that was you know having that. Back backing as we made these changes and knowing that it might have a dip in our customer experience Mm -hmm. as we went through these changes, um, they understood that and they were aware of it and they supported it. That was a big, big part of our change process.
1: Okay, great. Well, these change processes are so important, Uh, Matt. We really appreciate the fact that you shared this important uh, moment or really period in the life of your call center, and uh, congratulations for having accomplished it. And thank you very much for sharing it. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: So once again, you're listening to Call Talk live from the New York New York Hotel and Casino here in Las Vegas. We're glad that you could join us here on Call Talk so that we could share with you some of the great ideas and, of course, challenges and accomplishments of some call centers from around the country. At this point, let's head back upstairs into the conference room and join Bruce with another one of our guest speakers.
1: Welcome back to Call Talk, everyone. Uh, we're very happy to be here on the campus of uh, call center campus in Las Vegas, and I'm uh, talking with Chuck Sardiani, who is with uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Florida. So welcome, Chuck.
3: Thank you, Bruce. Appreciate
1: it. Okay, well, Chuck, uh, one of the things that you were talking about was uh, the agent satisfaction situation that you confronted when you came into the situation at Blue Cross Blue Shield and how you were able to sort of first understand it and then second, do something about it with
3: pretty dramatic results. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Well, one of the things was obviously to recognize that we had a situation um, and how that actually was going to tie back to performance. With the help of Benchmark Portal, that uh, connectivity became very obvious when your team came in and uh, allowed us to embrace the red, as we like to call it around uh, Blue Cross and Blue Shield, and that is to embrace the opportunities to make things better. So your team did come in, allowed us to come in and um, take a look at our organization and ways to improve and gave us transparency to solutions. And we embraced those and very uh, quickly uh, put those into play. And uh, very interestingly enough, it's very well measured and um, metrics the improvement uh, nearly immediately, but over the course of the year, Mm -hmm. we had a 500% increase in our agent satisfaction, which we're very, very excited about. Mm -hmm. That's
1: fabulous. And and what were some of the things that you did that uh, resulted in the agents feeling better about their jobs and therefore uh, indicating higher satisfaction? Um, A
3: a lot of it was uh, very much engaged around uh, letting the agents feel more part of the team, and also that they did influence the outcome of their day and influence the outcome of their job. So it was really putting together things such as uh, agent uh, councils and giving them a two-way feedback communication vehicle for them to be able to uh, provide that feedback to management and get them lasered and focused on the same initiatives and same goals that management has.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think that uh, one of the things that's interesting we see is that sometimes – there's an open door policy on the part of management but there's no real structure to manage change so therefore you go in and you talk and maybe get something off your chest but nothing ever happens as a result of that by setting up these committees these structures and making sure that they had senior level support which really came from you yes uh, that meant that there was actual follow-through
3: very much so and it was measured in metrics and we also took a look at Um, things that were working and we uh, try to on a daily basis uh, recognize the wins Um, and that has really created a very positive environment for them and things that are still opportunities we like to recognize and uh, also provide them immediate feedback rather than letting it linger and uh, not get handled or addressed appropriately and they've actually got an appreciation for that and it's not been a negative in any way but a true positive
1: Hmm. Actually there's a It could be a seeming disconnect between having your philosophy, which is it's a continuous process, yes. and therefore, as you said, are we there yet? The answer is no, okay? on the one hand, and still having people somehow feel satisfied with attaining goals. So you have to sort of celebrate the wins, as you call them, yes. right? the wins along the way, yes. even though the way continues.
3: Correct. I mean, it's um, as we talked earlier in our presentation here today, that it is truly a journey and not a destination. So the wins that we uh, recognize and acknowledge uh, occurred today, but there are certain uh, new wins and victories for tomorrow and moving into the future. And quite frankly, I like to tell my team that um, Yes, you can look at trend lines, but there's a good reason why the windshield on a vehicle is much larger than the rear-view mirror.
1: <laughs> and um,
3: we like to look forward and move forward with those particular goals and initiatives to make sure we're looking out front, learn from our past, but not a lot that we can do to influence that.
1: Okay, great. And really, you've got uh, great reporting, and you showed that today as well, to show the rear-view mirror. Absolutely. Uh, but also, really, looking to the future, how can you make that uh Future even better than, than, than the past.
3: We like to learn from what's uh, occurred but uh, help it to uh, really sculpt and uh, make us better for the future. So, mm-hmm. And we do it with the help of uh, you as our business partners, and we appreciate that. Okay.
1: Well, Chuck, thank you very much. We really appreciate it, and uh, we look forward to working
3: with you again in the future. Very good. Appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Bruce. And once again, we are broadcasting live from the New York, New York Hotel and Casino here in Las Vegas. A little noisier down here, a lot of action going on, but there's action upstairs as well. And as promised, we want to share some best practices with you from call center managers from around the country. Our next event is a brainstorming session we call 20 in 20, 20 ideas and 20 minutes. So let's go ahead and listen in right now. All right, I'm going to ask everyone to find their way to their table, please. And we'll have a master brainstorming session and really start sharing some ideas together. And we've got so much experience in this room, we're hoping to bring some ideas out from everyone. And especially maybe a couple from you, Joe. You promise? Come on.
4: I don't speak English.
0: Tonight you do. Think about something that your call center has done that has led to success. And uh, there's no real official start except for right now. Who's got the first idea to kick it off? Something your center does really well. Something you guys do really good. Hold on. Let me bring the mic over. Introduce yourself, where you're from, and your great idea.
5: Okay. Uh, Catherine Martin with, with, uh, from Employers, and we do Fun Fridays every Friday. Laneta and myself, she's from Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm actually local here in Vegas and we shut down our call centers here in Vegas for a half an hour, and we get off the phone and team build for half an hour, and then she'll uh, tag team and shut down her call center for a half an hour and team build. And we play games, interact, and we team build and have fun. So
6: we alternate, so it's not a complete shutdown. So when she has her fun Friday, my team handles the calls, when I have
5: fun Friday, her team handles the call and it's teamwork and collaboration
0: now what have you guys seen uh what's helped from that? What kind of success have you seen from it
5: rapport uh morale, and we also one of their core values is they had to incorporate one of the employer's core values into their fun friday goal teamwork uh personal fulfillment um collaboration, and teamwork, so they had to have a activity around that. Okay. So, yeah.
0: Very good idea, Katherine. Thank you so much. All right. Anyone else? Let's keep this rolling. Very good idea. Someone over there? Yeah, I'm coming over. Who was it? Where? Okay, hold on. Let me get you the mic. Mm-hmm.
6: So we do a very similar thing. We love to do team building. We've had a lot of games. And um, we every month we have a team building activity. We also have a lot of fun recognizing people. Um, we also do a lot of communication in our department. So there's a lot of visual action going on, so they know what we're focused on. So that's pretty exciting for us.
0: Thank you. That's Lori Anderson, Blue Cross Blue Shield Florida. Very good. Very good ideas. No one else. Anyone? We've talked so far a lot about uh, the agent side of it and keeping those agents happy. What do you have for us? Please uh, announce yourself and where you're from.
7: Uh, Teresa Bode, Teachers Credit Union, out of South Bend, Indiana. Um, Being a credit union um, uh, in our call center, I mean, part of our responsibilities and goals is uh, sales referrals, product and sales referrals. So, you know, we weren't being too successful with that when they're concentrating on abandoned rates and getting the callers on and off the phone and that kind of thing. So we had one of our supervisors who came up with ideas with uh, referrals. They actually get poker chips. So they get poker chips for each referral. They save those refer- those poker chips up, and then they can buy things. You know, they can, uh, let's say they get, you know, TCU bucks where they can buy logo wear. They can buy dress down days. So, you know, there can be any time of the week when the whole call center stressed down. You know, not just on Fridays, but I mean any time they want. Um, they good. Yeah, they were they're doing very well. So, I mean, we've exceeded expectations in sales probably for the last year and a half. So, they do very well. Wow. Very successful.
0: Very good results there. Employee incentive of being the key there. All right, who's next? Introduce yourself and where are you from? Michael Jackson from Raleigh, North Carolina. Wait, Michael Michael. Nice,
8: okay.
3: <laughs> and basically, uh, what we do is another agent satisfaction item. Um, if there's an agent that has an interest or a background in a particular area, uh, we basically have like a job sharing, created a job sharing program. For instance, I have a person who has a, a degree in, in HR, uh, but she didn't have practical experience. So I have her working two days a week
0: down in, in the HR department receiving practical experience
4: ah. very good you're
0: motivating your uh, employees to uh, excel in themselves that's nice and what kind of results have you seen from doing that
3: well I, they were disgruntled before and feel, feeling burnt out and and nowhere to go so it gives them a sense
4: of hope that they have now have a career path and a ladder in a life besides the phone
0: together you succeed that's very good i like it michael thank you very much great idea great idea all right. Who's next? Brag about your center. What are, you, what are you guys doing great? What have you guys found some success with?
9: Hi, I'm Dennis Clappy. I'm with Citizens Energy Group in Indianapolis. Um, one of the things that we heard from our folks was uh, we're in flexing. The call center, the, our folks don't get to do all the good things that everybody else gets to do. They see people wander in and wander out at all kinds of different times, and they have to be on the phones, and they have to be there at a certain time, and they have to be logged on until a certain time. One of the things that we were able to do is uh, what we call seasonal scheduling. Uh, We're in the gas business. We're in the heating business in Indianapolis. So uh, in the summer months, our call volumes drop. In the winter months, our call volumes are higher. So it gives us an opportunity to have more people out of the office in the summertime. So we allow our folks to take uh, up to six weeks off pay time, sort of the same concept as a teacher uh, that has a summer off. They're still getting a check during the the summer months, but uh, they have their salaries reduced over the year. Uh, with, uh, with a six-week schedule, we reduce it by 11.54%. Uh, we reduce our PTO bank, or pay time off bank, by the same percentage of time. And those folks can take six weeks off the summertime. They can go out and do anything they want to do. They can come in and work overtime. They can call in and say, do you need me? So we, we, we will pay them to come in and do that. They feel like they get an opportunity to take some summertime off, spend some time with their kids, uh, do things with their family, all kinds of different things, and uh, We've had some really, really nice feedback from CSRs that are taking advantage of it.
0: Are so. there any openings there for a guy like me? Uh, yeah, we can make that happen, I think. Certainly. That sounds pretty good. Thanks, Dennis. Uh, I like it. All right. All right. Who is next?
8: Some good ideas. Throw them out there. there okay. There we go. All
0: right. Come on up.
8: Jeremy Spivey, Plato Learning, uh, work with Matt. Um, What we did is we we developed an agent recognition program. We call it the STAR program, and it just has stars all over it. Um, What we did is we developed a magnetic whiteboard or or got a magnetic whiteboard with with, with magnets with all the agents' names, um, and we put um, the names in order of their performance for each of our KPIs. Um, Those agents that meet and exceed those expectations get their names on the board. If you didn't meet it, your name doesn't show up there, so you kind of – you kind of know who's who's meeting and exceeding. Um, and you don't know your scores, but we can share the scores individually with the agents and see where they need to improve or where they want to improve. What we've really seen as a, as an outcome of that is agents are driving themselves to perform higher. We're not having to go in and drive agent performance individually and push, push, push. They're pushing themselves. They'll come to us in our one-on-ones and say, how can I be better? How can I beat that guy? How can I be number one in that KPI? And so we give out uh, Play-Doh Bucks, uh, an internal rewards program we have. They get trophies, um, and they get lots of recognition throughout the center and throughout the company as well. So it's just been fantastic for morale. And really, they just motivate themselves. So it's really nice because we don't have to push so hard as we, as we had to in the past. I like it. Thanks, Jeremy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> happy agents equal happy customers. All right. Who's next? Yes.
10: Here you go. I'm Russ Rossi from New York Life, and um, one thing that this past year, we uh, incorporate a employee theme of the year. So we have a kickoff once a year, where, and I'm going to be speaking tomorrow, so I don't want to steal too much of my thunder for tomorrow. But uh, um, we have this kickoff where we shut down the call center for half a day, and we bring the employees in to an offsite event. It's a lot of fun. The employees have a lot of activities that they're involved in. They're a a part of creating a lot of the activities. They have skits and do videos. The one thing that we have them be a part of is trying to develop our theme for the following year. So this past year, our theme has been touching lives. And with life insurance, you can imagine there are some times when you really tugs at your heartstrings when something happens. So um, every time that an employee is caught with doing something good. So we're all, all about catching somebody. So I saw you smiling. Uh, catching something uh, when they're doing something good. So employee uh, kudos, complimentary letters, um, performing great, um, helping out fellow employees in our organization. Whether they, you know, we look at stats, but this is really more on the soft side. Any way that they would touch lives, whether it be a customer base or an employee base or one out of their way to maybe do some extra voluntary work, um, we make a big deal out of it. We post it on the walls, we send out a lot of emails on, on our vice president. We'll respond to the employees as well and really make a big deal. So Touching Lives has been a great theme for us, and it really segues into what we do every day with life insurance. You can imagine you have some tough times. So it's been a nice theme for us for the year. I don't know what we're going to come up with next year, but the cool part is the employees come up with that, and I think that's the key of getting that engagement from the employee side. That's our. Well, we we yeah we have committees and they come together and they go off and try to figure out and brainstorm what ideas they would like to bring back into the center. So we do a lot of yeah we do a lot of recognition events that are run by the employees. So they'll we'll shut down for again I'm talking about some things that may come up tomorrow. Um yeah we'll shut down um, our call center for about 45 minutes a month and we'll run a recognition events. We'll talk about people that have great stats, have great customer satisfaction, perfect attendance. And the employees run the whole organ, they run that show. So we just stand back and watch it, and they have everything organized. They have all the stats. They get up there and take turns and bring the employees up, and, and-, and Hootenhauer. So it's a good time. But it's really getting them invested in the process.
0: Thank you. That's very good. Very good one. Now, I'm noticing a common theme that uh, a lot of it is about the employees, and even uh, outside of work, you know, keeping these uh, folks happy. That seems to be a common thing, especially in today's business world. That's probably very important. So, uh, anyone else? Very good. Excellent. I want the rest of you to be thinking right now. All right.
6: Hi, I'm Maxine Hubbard uh, with American Family Insurance out of Wisconsin, and we've got uh, St. Joe, Missouri represented here too. One of the things we do is uh, we are, we have a very big, huge organization. So one of our, our people, they, they would like to get to know each other. You know, they're stuck in that care center behind that phone. So we have built, like, a team, fun activities to intermix with our personal lines, our services, our processors, our underwriters. and our So what we do is we have games. We take like a lunchtime and we make multiple, like we have uh, 15 people. So we'll take teams of four at a time and we compete at lunch. We work right by a, a Frisbee golf thing. So we team up with somebody like four people from underwriting and we go at lunch and we take an extra 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And then we go... And we compete and we have a front friendly competition and then we have just like in like a playoff, you know, there's award given and gifts and it really builds um interaction with the whole division, let alone the department and that and it's a big satisfier with our employees.
8: Oh, very good.
0: Thank you. Very good. Very good. Since we're, uh, we're so close, Dane, do you have one that you might have heard?
7: I do. And this is something I want to share from somebody that attended one of our leadership courses. And uh, one of the managers says he asked two questions of his employees at the end of the year during performance reviews: What did I do of value for you this past year, and what would you like me to do for you next year it's really a way of putting some ownership to the agents to recognize that and uh, he said he's had absolutely great results with that
0: thank you Dane. very good joe i saw you reaching for the mic english please
4: <laughs> can't understand these gringos anyway um. <laughs> As you were saying about the games and so forth, and Dane, you emphasized some of that, too. This is one of the things that I did, and and it was extremely successful from two points of view. Number one, the agents love it. And number two, they were learning also at the same time. Even though I was a director, I took over that project because it was a lot of fun. No manager was going to do it for me. What I did was very simple. I went to Toys R Us. I bought the Jeopardy game. Okay, and I had the supervisors fill up all the different questions and categories, and once a month, I had a game where I would have the five top reps be part of it, and then we'll sit in a conference room with this game, and it was crazy. These people were fighting like dogs and cats, okay? And all the questions were related to work, different categories, and different questions to work. Once a month, there was a winner. Once a quarter, there was a winner. And then at the end of the year was a king or queen of Jeopardy. And there were some rewards to that. What came from that was that before the game was even announced for the following month, I already had hundreds of requests for categories, questions about the work that they were doing, how to resolve issues, and it was a blast. I mean you have never seen reps that they were friends, okay? When they were sitting next to each other being enemies. Okay? Because oh my battery's down, no wonder you won. No 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 So uh take that into account because it's a very inexpensive game. I don't know if you have seen it. You can use it on your family too every now and then I took it home and Beat the heck out of my wife, but that was a different story. But uh, uh, you can use it as an instruction. Uh, Most of the time, I have the uh, trainer, you know, the manager in the training department come up with the questions and the categories, and it was extremely learning. I also learned a lot because I found out that a lot of these reps, they had opposite opinions of the same solution. So uh, we needed to look into something else. So take that into account. It's an extremely fun game to use.
0: Interesting, good idea.
4: Thanks, Joe. A
0: training, a training themselves almost. All right. So we have five minutes to go in this, and uh, I want to remind everyone uh, and all the folks that are listening from home. This is live from Las Vegas, the New York New York Hotel. This is the uh, call center campus. We are coming up with ideas from all over the globe on how to improve the call center and some successes that we've all had. So. Uh, I know you've got a good one.
2: Yeah, I have one, a couple. Um, no, one is um, we do seasonality, um, both. Well, obviously, we teach uh, with educational software, so we have downtime in the summertime, but also seasonality, just peak volumes during the day. So obviously, teachers call when they come into school, when they have a break, or after school. So there's downtime during the day. So one of the things we've done, is, it's an all-inbound call center, is asking agents when they have slow time to make a proactive call out. So follow up on a case that you might have completed, look at all the other cases that a customer may have, and call out to them to see how it's going and make sure everything that the information they got was effective. And it's a different call for them because it's it's not a negative call coming in. They're actually rewarding the customer by calling them. And the feedback from the customers are, I can't believe you called me, right? So it's a reward to the agents themselves because they made that proactive call out.
0: Thank you, Mark. Mark Conant from Play to Learning. I like that one. Okay, a couple more minutes. Anyone else? We've kind of gone down the road of uh, the employee satisfaction incentive route, which is good. I didn't want to derail anything, so maybe we'll keep going with that.
1: Yeah, we'll stay on that. (laughs) Actually, uh, I was in a center that had an, an innovative way of getting employees involved in the knowledge management system. It was a situation where they oftentimes Uh, You had the employees, the agents, uh, creating things as they were on the phone with the clients. And in some cases, it was the customers who were coming up with the solutions, and they were finding out about it. And so what would happen is they made their agents uh, publishers in their knowledge management system, and they, in fact, said, you're going to be responsible for at least a few, what they called articles a year, uh, to go into the knowledge management system. That's how theirs worked. And this was an incredible motivator. These people all of a sudden saw themselves as published authors inside their own uh, knowledge management system. And they also had a very uh, good system in terms of taking in the article, having it vetted by a peer group, and then finally approved by somebody who was in charge of the uh, knowledge management system. So it's sort of a way of pulling in that information and not just having it disappear on the call. It all of a sudden Gets incorporated into the knowledge management base
9: of the, the call
0: center. So, very good. Thanks, Bruce. I think we have time for maybe one or two more, and then we can wrap it up. Move on to our next exercise. Was that a wrap? Or did you have Drew? Did you have something? You do? No. Oh. Uh, oh, she does. Okay, now she. Does. <laughs> Here you go.
11: Um, skill matrix. Uh, everybody wants to know how good they're doing. And a very simple tool that's absolutely free for everyone, get out an Excel spreadsheet, write all of your team players down the uh, rows, across the columns, write what skills you want to route them to or what skills you want to develop them with. Of those top five or six or eight skills that you want them to learn, instead of just checking off what they're good at, have them actually grade themselves. I'm about a C at PowerPoint slides. No, 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 your job really needs you to be a B. I'm going to put you in PowerPoint class. Okay, the next person says, I am, and I think I am, an A at Excel. No, you don't do graphs on Excel. So you can actually tone the people and find out specifically what they do, demonstrate what they do, take classes in what they do, and it could be a one-page career development plan. What I got, what I need, and how good I am in it. And everybody wants to get to an A in proficiency. Skill matrix.
0: I love it. Skill matrix even has a good name to it. We appreciate everyone sharing with us uh this evening. Dee?
12: Well earlier someone was talking about sales and you know one of the things that we all need to understand is when you're doing service, if you can cross sell, upsell, or help someone have better knowledge about the products and services that you are providing, you're doing a good thing for the customer. And a lot of times they'll come in and they'll say, Well you know what? I I applied for a service job, not a sales job. But one of the things that I did in the center is I I did a 2020 club. I needed leads, and I was starting a sales team at that time, but I needed leads. So what I did with the 2020 club, if you gave me 20 qualified leads, I gave them a $20 gift certificate at the end of the week for Kroger, which is a grocery store in our area. And I had people standing in line waiting for their uh, – every Monday they wanted their gift certificates. But the thing is, I build up a bank, and those, that sales team is very live and effective today.
0: Thanks, Steve. Very good insight from uh, the days of MetLife. Well, uh, uh, see anyone else? Last call. Going once. Going twice. What do we have? How many do we have? You've been keeping track. Okay, let's one more. Come on. I oh, know you guys have it out there. One more. Think deep in there. What have you done, or your center has done? Remember, this is broadcast to the world.
13: Uh, No pressure. Thanks a lot. Uh, Kelly Ramos with American Family Insurance. And one of my goals last year was to better explain our mission, vision, and values to my employees. And as we have new employees start, they have to fill out something uh, saying that they understand what those mission, vision, and values are. It prompted me to think that maybe the team could celebrate a value every month. So I asked them to divide up into teams to choose a value. We um, celebrated a value every month, and each week they had to come up with an activity. And by the time we got to the fourth month, the pressure was just unbelievable because every week, every month, the, the celebration got bigger and bigger and bigger. And at the end of each month, they, I always shake when I talk. At the end of each month, they also had to write a mission statement and explain what that value meant to us as a person, as a team and to our customer. And we had so much fun with it. They so exceeded my expectations that um, we do stuff like that all the time, so it was really fun.
0: Kelly, give me a hug. Give me a hug because that was really nice. Thanks for sharing. All right. Well, we can probably wrap that up. I do want to thank everyone for sharing uh, your call centers achievements and your successes, uh, pearls of wisdom, each and every one of them, and uh, hopefully that'll help you in your individual situation with your center. So give yourselves a, a big round of applause to all the people listening in. Well, it looks like we're going to go ahead and wrap things up here in Las Vegas, Nevada for the Call Center Campus from Benchmark Portal. I do want to thank all of our attendees as well as our guest speakers who really made this event possible. From what I can tell, there's been a wonderful sharing of ideas, and we hope that we've been able to share some of those ideas with you, our listeners of Call Talk. I want to remind you that we do have more shows in our archive section at benchmarkportal.com. Feel free to do a search and see what interests you and take some time to listen in on some other best practices for you and your call center. I'm Brian Carrington, live from the New York, New York Hotel and Casino here in Las Vegas, Nevada, reminding you to keep those headsets Ready and your fingers ready. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands.